Hey, welcome to night school Thursday. Night school NST, night school Thursday. Yeah, you know, whenever there's a power outage, I make sure to think of, you know, I make sure to appreciate it for one. Because I do enjoy a power outage, as long as you're prepared. As long as you're prepared. And that's a big part of the mindset is, you know, you know you're always thinking about what's going to happen when the lights go out. What are you going to do when the lights go out? Are you prepared? You got candles? You got everything ready? You got more than candles? You got more than candles? You got a generator? You got uh, You got one of them chargers? You got one of those... Those chargers they make so you can charge your cell phone, charge your Kindle, even without an outlet. But candles are important. That's about all you need. And I, it's always a great opportunity to read. And this isn't some, you gotta own books. If you don't own books, it's like my friend John Waters says. If, if you go to someone's house and they don't have books, don't fuck them. It's my favorite quote. I like books. I, I'm I'm from the I'm just like my parents from the 1970s, and I, I own books. No, I do own books. I like books. I'm not trying to be one of those guys who's like everybody better own books. Uh, but a power outage is a great time to be a book owner uh, because uh, you can get a lot of reading done. And I don't have one of those cell phone chargers, not bragging, not bragging or anything, but I don't have one of those, so I don't really use my cell phone at all when there's a power outage, and I just read, and it's a great time to read. If you have a fireplace, it's a great time to enjoy that fire. If you got candles, I would suck to have a charger, but no candles, to have one of those standalone cell phone chargers, but no candles. But what a what a easy way to make things feel unspecial. You know, what a what a ridiculous way to make a power outage unspecial by having a generator or having little chargers, standalone chargers to charge all your devices so that you can stay connected. Uh you know, the the best part about a power outage is I'm the only one on my block who's staying connected. It's a great opportunity opportunity to disconnect and just enjoy uh, what you're doing. And I think reading is a great thing to do. Draw, drawing. Uh, we had a bad power outage last year. I guess it was this year. It was early this year. It was still winter, though. It was last year to me. Um, but, it, yeah, it was earlier this year. It was definitely the worst, I guess what you'd call a blizzard that I've ever experienced in this area in my lifetime. We were out of power for days. And it got to be a bit much. Uh, but it was nice that the whole world shut down. The whole world. We had a blizzard in my part of the, in you know, in western Washington. It, it shut down the whole world. And would you believe that? The whole world shut down because of our blizzard. No, but the whole local world... The whole loco world, everything shut down because it was a bad blizzard. Uh, stores, their generators were barely working, so even the stores were struggling. Even the grocery stores were struggling. You know it's a bad blizzard if even the grocery stores are struggling to keep their power. Um, with their uh, with their uh, generators. But uh, it's nice when everything does shut down around you, though, because it sucks to be out of power and have to go to work 
or to be in that sort of situation, to actually have to do things. God forbid you have to go, I was going to say fulfill a prescription, but you might as well. Let's call it fulfilling. I got to go fulfill a prescription. Uh, But yeah, God forbid you actually have to do something, you know, that you have to do, like go to work or, you know, do something that your life depends on. Take a pet to the vet during a a power outage. But when it's a snow when when it's caused by snow, there's something very enjoyable about that because everything tends to shut down. You probably don't have to go to work, you probably don't have to go to school. Don't have to do anything but charge your devices, but read. Keep your Kindle charged. If you go to someone's house and they don't have a Kindle, don't fuck them. That's what John Waters is saying now. He's changed his tune. Everybody's favorite uh everybody's favorite guy, John Waters. He's changed his tune. He's now a, a major Kindle proponent. If they don't have a Kindle, don't fuck them. That's how he sounds, too. Uh, but yeah, the the whole, you know, when the whole world shut down, it's nice. The only problem is, like when we had this snowstorm this this year, uh, it's just I was worried about food, you know, food going bad, just the waste of food. Although I guess you could just put it outside if you're worried about that, if you're worried about things not refrigerating properly, if things in the freezer not freezing. I don't know why I didn't think about that. It was a little too obvious for me, maybe. You know, if your Kindle isn't working, if your Kindle loses all of its uh, batteries, you can just put it in the snow. It'll recharge it, just like your uh, frozen goods. They'll stay frozen if you just put them in the snow outside your door. Your Kindle works the same way as your groceries and your frozen goods. Goods. Uh, But yeah, when everything's shut down, it's a great feeling. And if you go out at night, it's strange to go down streets and, you know, to see them dark for the first time ever. To see streets, you know, the street lights are out, everything's out. It's surreal, you know, it's very surreal to see your your local world, your loco world, completely dark for the first time. You know, it's, it's just, like I, I talk in recent episodes about how, you know, there are places in your house that, you know, you like this idea that I know what's going on in every little corner of my house, every little corner of every closet. And it's like, have you, have, have you even touched every surface in your house? You know, I had that realization at my last house, right? I put my hand on the wall. I braced my hand against the wall to pick something up. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I've ever just touched that wall. I think that was the first time I ever touched that wall. And it was almost like a a cause for celebration. Uh, you know, in years to come, I celebrated that day, the day that I touched that wall. But there are things like that, you know, in your own house, in corners of your house where you've never really looked, you've never really noticed some minor detail, some minor imperfection in the corner of a closet, and why would you? You don't have to know all that. But it is strange, the little things that something like a power outage can bring out. Oh, you know, I've never seen this street completely dark. It's suddenly, I feel like I'm in the woods. I feel like I'm in the middle of a a black forest. I don't feel like I'm just in this suburban, urban area that I think I know so well, but yet it's eerie when the lights go out. But what do you do when the lights come back on? That's what I'm getting at. Because you got all these things you can do. You can read a lot. You can uh, throw your Kindle in the snow to conserve its batteries. Uh, you can 
you know, do all these activities, uh, whether you got a generator or not, you got things you can do and, uh, you can make it as special or unspecial. I'm trying to think of a better word than unspecial. Ordinary, I don't know. Mundane, you can make it about as special or mundane as you want, depending on what your resources are during a power outage. Uh, but, you know, what you don't realize is, you know, what happens when the lights come back on? Because, yeah, you have this initial excitement. They've come on. And it's always fun when it fucks with you, when the world fucks with you, the universe fucks with you, when the grid, the power grid fucks with you. And it just turns the lights on for a second and then turns them off. It just gives you this sense of excitement. Even if you're not excited to have power again because you're happy just reading by candlelight for a couple days. Uh uh, there's still this sense of like like a jolt of something. You can't not react to that. You know, as much as I try not to react to things, uh, if I can help it, uh, you know, you got to react when the power comes back on. You know, nobody's that cool. Nobody's so cool that they don't react when the power comes back on. But when it just comes back on for a minute, for a second, sometimes it comes back on for a second, your lights just flicker and they go back off. It's worse, though, when they come back on for long enough for you to become comfortable with the power again. Comfortable with the power. Uh, That's always fun. And then they just go off again for some indefinite amount of time. Just this little tease enough for you to, you know, just to readjust. But that's kind of what I'm getting at with this idea of, like, what are you going to do when the lights come back on? Because it's funny how quickly we adapt to normal again. How, how things become the new normal. When the power goes out, you adjust to that, and you read by candlelight, and you, know, you get used to not being able to make coffee, and you realize you know, how limited your capacity is to survive by not having a you know, working stovetop. But you adjust to it, and you eat, you eat crackers, I don't know, whatever you do to survive. Uh, but uh, you know, when the lights come back on, there's this initial excitement where you're like, oh, I can do all those things. I can get online again. I can do all this stuff again uh, that only the people with the generator down the street have been doing for the last 24 hours. I can do all that stuff again. I'm so excited to check my email. I'm so excited to just start using my phone a ton again and just you know waste that battery because I can recharge it. I'm so excited to do that again. But uh, do you really pay attention to how quickly you just take it for granted again? To how quickly you stop thinking about how an hour earlier you, you know, were just like without power, just thinking about, oh, I sure wish the power would come back on, or, or just not even that. You don't even have to be thinking about, oh, I wish the power would come back on. But, you know, just thinking about, oh, you know, I wonder how long we're going to be out of power, blah, blah, blah. But you have power for an hour, power for an hour. Uh, and all of a sudden, you just you just don't even think about anything else. You're just back to it, back to it. And there are a lot of things like that. I mean, a lot of things do work that way. I mean, how quickly things normalize and renormalize. How the new normal becomes the newer normal. Have oh, you heard of the new normal? Well, have you heard of the newer normal? And in this world where you know things are changing a lot in many ways. Uh, you know, we are introduced to these new terms. There's a new buzzword. That's the new normal. Are you still calling things cool? You know, we're now we're now we're calling things fire. We're calling it the opposite, but it has basically the same meaning, and that's going to be the new normal now. 
until something else comes along. But the power coming back on is the best example of that for me because it's like just I, I thought about that last time during this uh, this blizzard that shut down the entire Earth. This Western Washington blizzard that shut down the entire world. I was thinking while the power was out, you know, I've got to, when the power comes back on, I've got to remember this. I've got to think about this. I don't have to like walk around my house every second for the rest of my life just thinking, sure, glad the power isn't out because I, I remember what it was like. I don't have to remind myself of that constantly and just torture myself with gratitude because it's easy to do that. Uh, in this whole world of like, as much as I do try to be grateful and I try to remind myself of gratitude, this whole gratitude culture that's developed that people who do yoga love, you know, it's all just a type of person, you know, the the sort of person who adopts that, like, follow your bliss, live, laugh, love, just a reminder to be grateful, just a reminder to to show your gratitude, you can end up torturing yourself with gratitude, where it's just like, oh, I, I can't just live and be in the moment in a powered house, in an electric house, without constantly reminding myself that I was once out of power and I could be out of power again. Because you can just torture yourself and not enjoy it, not be there at all. And it's actually the opposite of being grateful in doing that. It turns out sometimes by showing gratitude, you're, you're being the opposite of grateful. Uh, which happens a lot, happens surprisingly a lot. So it's just, it's yet again one of those balances where you got to find some sort of middle, some sort of median between, you know, act, you know, reminding yourself to be grateful but not doing it to the extent that you actually ruin everything. <laughs> uh, but I, I did tell myself, you know, when the power is that, I was like, you know, when it comes back on, I'm going to have to remember this. You know, and I'm going to try to pay attention to when, maybe not the exact moment, because that's hard to do, but I'm going to try to pay attention to, you know, when I realize I'm taking it for granted again, or when I realize that I've totally forgotten about what I was doing two hours ago. And that happened. When the power came back on, I did catch myself, and it was it was so fucking quick, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how quickly I readjusted to the new normal of having power again. It happened right away, practically. I mean, I, it seriously was less than an hour, and and you know, it's just how how it's how things work now, and it happens with language, it happens with ideas, it happens with everything. Just the way we, we just adjust to something being the newer normal, and that's fine. I mean, that's healthy. That's right. That's what you should do is you should adjust to the new way of things. And whether or not that means you should accept it is another question. <laughs> it's funny to think of that in the context of the whole power example. Like the power comes back on and just like, I don't accept this. I don't accept this. The power's back on and I don't accept this. Uh, but, you know, it happens a lot with ideas where I think you can accept that something is the new normal without accepting what it is. And uh, I wish I could think of a better example of that, but there there is something people tend to do where something becomes the new normal or the newer normal, and then they get mad at people for not being on that same page, especially with the the speed uh, the speed in which ideas and language travel. And I think a great example of that is just the difference between 
older generations of liberals and younger generations where, you know, there were a lot of, you know, there was a general tolerance of a lot of things among older generations of liberals. And then in the internet age, a lot of new ideas got spread very quickly. And they were things that people had never even thought or heard of. And people who had considered themselves very progressive, you know, were not keeping up on Twitter. They weren't keeping up on, I mean, this not to invoke the past, but Tumblr, Tumblr used to get a lot of, a lot of heat for this sort of stuff, but where something would just travel in this closed circle of people and, uh, predominantly young people, almost exclusively at that point, it would be, these ideas would travel among young people in this very circular manner. And I think, you know, I'm not going to get into specific issues or topics, but I think this is this is specific enough, but you could see where that happened even just in the after 2010, after 2012, where suddenly these things were just the most pressing issues to you know certain demographics. Like this is the thing. This is the civil rights issue. This is the social issue, and it's something that somebody had simply never even considered who was from an older generation, and because of that. If they misspoke or somehow, you know, somehow showed a lack of awareness of that thing, suddenly they were accused of being opposed to that thing. It's like, oh, what do you mean you're not advocating for this? What do you mean you're not advocating for that? You know, oh, it turns out you're not a progressive. You, oh, it turns out you're, uh, oh, I didn't know you were so right wing, Miss Johnson. I know you think you're, you're progressive because you voted Democrat, but you never... I don't hear you talking about this thing that's so important to me and all my friends online. So you must not be very progressive. And it just ramped things up. And that's that's kind of what's happened with you know information being as available as it is now, is it ramps things up. And the new normal becomes the old normal really quick, and the newer normal comes on the scene just like that. And next thing you know, the newer normal takes precedent. And some people don't catch up that quickly, or they never catch up, or they don't pay attention to the same things. And I'm very aware of that right now, just taking a real back seat, a real step away from everything, from all of that, from, from everything that is just flying at you all the time. I've just, any kind of, any source for any of that, I, I've just I'm not looking at it, and it's amazing how much still comes my way as someone who doesn't really talk to many people right now. You know, I'm not really in contact with many people. I'm not looking at anything where ideas are being spread. You know, uh, current new ideas like I'm not anything that could potentially you know throw some some uh, controversy in my face. I'm avoiding it, not permanently. I'm not hiding under a rock. And that's exactly my point, is these things, are they still hit you. They still come to you. You still find things out. I'm amazed at what I know about what's going on right now as far as the hot topics and, and the new controversies. I'm amazed what still comes my way just by being a person in this current world. In, in even, you know, even though a blizzard in, in one little geographic area can shut down the whole world, it's amazing, you know, what you can learn. Even when everything's shut down, 
And it shows you that you can't really shut down. And it's it's what I've been saying about people I know who, I mean, for example, like I, I know people who don't have any social media accounts. And whenever I talk to them, they they know more about like who posted what than I do, you know, in terms of like notable figures. You know, they, they check Twitter way more than I ever have in my life. And I'm always amazed by that. It's like you don't have any, any accounts, or at least you don't post anything, or you don't do this. But yet you and you and you talk about that. But yet you pay so much more attention to it than I do. Uh, and uh, that's just the world we live in, though. It's like you can't truly get off the grid. And in doing that, you make yourself more susceptible to the grid than ever before, because you don't know. You don't know, like, you know, you're in the background of pictures. It's like you could not have a phone, you could not have a camera, you could not have the internet, you could live in a cabin in the woods, but you could go to the grocery store one day, assuming you don't grow your own food, and end up in the background of someone's picture, and then uh, some facial recognition software puts a square around your face, and a thousand people saw you today. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like you can't ever truly escape being off the grid. And I know I did an episode about this where I talked about it's almost like living on a little square of land completely surrounded by an apartment complex. And that apartment complex is literally the grid. I mean, it's 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 literally like the grid all around you. And you're on this little square of land completely surrounded by this apartment complex. Uh, the name of the apartment, apartment complex is actually the grid. You know how they always come up with little names for apartment complexes, like anybody gives a fuck. I lived in one called Crown Point, and it was spelled with E's at the end of both uh, words. Crown with an E at the end, and point with an E at the end. Crowny point, pointy. Crowny pointy. Uh, But, you know, it's always silly to me that, like, anybody even bothers coming up with uh, names for apartment complexes, apartment buildings. I guess you have to differentiate between them somehow. Uh... (laughs) And you don't want to name them just like Cell Block D. That'd be a good name. That'd be great if an apartment complex just went for a prison theme. You know, it wasn't a prison, but uh, they named everything after prisons and styled it after that. Like an upscale prison. I'm not talking about, you know, living in horrible conditions. Some third world jail. <laughs> oh, this is, this is a, an apartment complex. It's $700 a month for a studio. Uh, but the conditions you're going to be living in are basically like a third world uh, horror jail. No, it'd be cool to live in an apartment complex that's just jail themed, just decorated like a jail, superficially prison like. It's it's a superficial prison, man. That's it. Everything's nice though. We got new appliances. We got a generator. If you move in now, uh, you're going to get a free cell phone charger so that when the power goes out, you can stay connected. A free Kindle charger. It's called a freezer. Every apartment comes with a free Kindle charger. It's called a freezer. You just stick that thing in the freezer and it charges up. And that way John Waters is real happy. Because, you know, if John Waters came to this apartment building, he'd see that everybody's got a Kindle and he's going to fuck everybody. John Waters is coming to this prison-themed apartment complex and he's so happy that everybody has a Kindle that he's going to fuck everybody. It's probably real. I don't know anything about John Waters, even though this is the second episode I've used some variation of that uh, joke. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. 
Uh, that's how I really believe John Waters is. Um, but anyway, back to the prison-themed apartment complex. It'd be great if they named apartment complexes like Cell Block D. People don't have a sense of humor, though. That's a thing. It's like you'd say that to somebody and it'd be like, we wouldn't want to do that. We wouldn't want to give that impression. And the reason they don't want to give that impression is because if you've ever lived in a low-income apartment building, it feels like a fucking prison. And half your neighbors just got out of prison. It's, it's, I'm serious, you know, it's like, that's the only reason they wouldn't joke about it, because it's actually, it would hit too close to home, hit too close to cell block D. Um, but yeah, just the, the idea of like getting, like being off the grid, people make it a point, I like deleted all my accounts, I, I deleted all, they make it, they like to volunteer that information too, nobody asks. Nobody asks, like, oh, do you have social media accounts? People love to just volunteer out of nowhere. They don't have accounts, or they deleted them. They deactivated them. Deactivated them. If you go to someone's house and they don't got a Kindle, deactivate them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, if, if, you're, if you are off the grid, though, you're really just living this... You're basically LARPing, first of all. You're basically live-action role-playing if you think you're off the grid in 2019. Because even if you do live... Even if you are Ted Kaczynski Jr. and you live in a cabin... You're living in a cabin in the woods in uh, Siberia, Montana. It's a new place. It's a portal between Siberia and Montana. And if you live halfway in between, even then you're on Google Maps. You know, even then you're, you know, like I said, even then if you go into town, you're going to end up in the back. You're going to, you know, the, the camera, the traffic cameras are going to pick you up right in your, your homemade bicycle. Someone's going to take a picture, you know, of themselves looking really happy at lunch with their sister-in-law and you're going to be in the background and, you know, it's going to, it's going to facially recognize you. <laughs> it's going to facially recognize you. Ted Kaczynski Jr. Do you want to tag Ted Kaczynski Jr.? I won't even know you've been tagged. Uh, and if you're living off the grid, though, it's like you're living on this little square completely surrounded on all sides, landlocked, basically, gridlocked. There's a better use of the term gridlocked is, you know, you'll be literally gridlocked by the grid apartment buildings. That's why I made the whole cell block D joke, because I was saying how apartments... They'll, they'll give themselves these names. Sometimes they're kind of hoity-toity, or sometimes they're just silly. Sometimes they go for a natural theme, and maybe that's a Washington thing. They'll, they'll always have some, like, natural thing, like Antler Farm. I don't know. Antler Farm. That'd be a good one. There's one called, like, Antler Run or Deer Run right near here. Uh, but, yeah, they'll go for, like, some natural thing, or it'll just be, like, Crown Point, Crowny Pointy, something like that. Uh, but there should be one just called The Grid. You know, if people are too humorless to call something cell block D, to call an apartment complex cell block D, call it the grid. Let's get futuristic with this. Uh, but yeah, no, if, if you're on that little square of land, I, I keep trying to get back to this point and I, I'm distracting myself, but if you're living on that little square of land, you know, it's because I'm looking at my Kindle while I'm doing this. I'm reading from my Kindle and I'm trying to think at the same time.
but that little square of land, you're completely surrounded. You're you're literally gridlocked by the grid all around you, and you're living in this fantasy. You're LARPing. Oh, I'm off the grid. I don't I don't have a Facebook account. You know, I don't I don't have a Facebook account. I read books. I I live by candlelight. I dwell in front of my fireplace and I, I draw and I read books and I think. And I make my own food. I grow my own food. But you're completely surrounded and you're living in a fantasy world. And it's not a reason to not do that. I'm not saying that... I'm not saying, like... I'm not trying to, like, pitch some, like, anti-grid mentality. Some anti-grid lifestyle. The anti-grid. Welcome to the anti-grid. You know, I'm not trying to pitch that at all. I I think more people should probably take that sort of lifestyle, really. uh, You know, just as an exercise, if nothing else. Because that's what it is. If nothing else, that's what it is to try to live off the grid. It's basically an exercise. It's LARPing. Uh, and it's and that's fine as long as you're not living under the illusion that you're truly off the grid. That you're truly away from it all. God forbid you think you're superior for doing that. Because you're probably, uh, even, even when you're in your little cabin... You know, even when you're in your little cabin, there's still the Google car driving up your driveway. There's still a satellite taking a picture of your house. You know, you're, you can never truly escape. And, uh, you know, LARPing is okay. I mean, I think we all LARP. LARP, LARP it till you make it. Isn't that how it goes? Fake it till you make it. LARP, LARP till you make it. Live action role play until you live in a live action reality. You know, do what you got to do uh, to to feel like the person you want to be, but don't pretend you're not LARPing. You know, don't pretend that you're not LARPing when you do anything at this point, because that's sort of the way things have turned. Uh, even when the power's out, you know, and I have to read by candlelight, I still feel like I'm LARPing. I still feel like I'm live-action role-playing, even when I'm forced to do it out of necessity. Because I know it's temporary. Because I know the power is going to go back on. And maybe that's something to be grateful for. Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's something to think about in that moment. Instead of just, like, sitting there checking. You know, oh, I, I got I to gotta conserve my the battery on my phone so that I can check the, uh, the energy department website. The, the PUD website. Uh, the utilities website, the grid, the anti-grid website. Now, I got, I got to check all that, you know, so that I know when the power's coming on. Because when the lights come on, I can't wait to do all the stuff that I already do. Can't wait. I can't wait till the lights come on and I can just suddenly forget all about this. Until I can suddenly just do all this, you know, the shit that I normally do. Because uh, that's what happens. That's how quickly things become the new normal. It's how quickly we readjust, we renormalize how we, you know, it's how we live, you know, and I, I don't know, I, I wish I had some way to wrap all this up, wrap up all this rambling, LARPing, the inevitable LARPing of being, that's kind of how it is now, and uh, nobody's going to convince me otherwise, but there's nothing wrong with that, there's nothing wrong with LARPing. As long as you're not under the illusion 
that it's actually the real you. As long as you're not under the illusion that what you're doing is something out of necessity. You know, I think that's where it, what it comes down to is just uh, understanding that, you know, we do live in a world where it's extremely hard to feel authentic, and that's not something to beat yourself up about, and it's especially not something to try to beat the world up about. You know, to try to be like, oh, well, the whole world doesn't feel real. The whole world doesn't feel authentic. So that's a good reason to hate the world and hate my life and hate this. And no, that's actually a good reason to enjoy it. It gives you more opportunities. And there's no greater opportunity, you know, when you're LARPing than realizing, oh, I'm playing a fucking character and I can change it. And the lights are going to come back on. And I'm going to, you know, fall back into that character. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna start playing the character who does things with the lights on again, who gets on the computer right away. Because you don't often do that when the lights do come back on after a power outage. You know, you don't sit down and go, "Oh, well, I'm still gonna read by candlelight. I'm gonna continue to LARP as this character." No, you like run to your computer. You know, you run to Netflix. You run to, you know, the TV. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Because that's another character you're LARPing as. And I can see where this is really obnoxious. Like, you're just playing characters in your life. You're just playing a bunch of characters. You're just live-action role-playing everything. Uh, But uh, make sure you got a Kindle. That's the only real message I have in all this, is make sure you have a Kindle. Otherwise, John Waters won't come to your prison-themed apartment complex and fuck you. Fuck yous. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children 